Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Another week of the PJ podcast. I am PJ, and I'm feeling so much better than last week. I came on here ranting about my horrific headache, which actually ended up coming back after I did that intro this time last week. And I had a headache for like five days, which has just been my pregnancy, and I've just surrendered to it. But anyway, feeling way better this week. And I'm so excited to introduce you to a brand new guest, which we're actually going to head across the ditch for, uh, to Australia, which is very relevant after the election over the weekend. Ladies, ScoMo. Um, Ash London. She is someone I've looked up to in the broadcasting world and in the personal world uh, for quite a few years now. Prior to moving over to Australia, I was a big fan of her on the radio, and I think it's because she really... <sighs> stepped apart from other people in the sense that she always was and she's very much alive I'm sort of talking about it like it's the past she's still doing this she's still doing interviews but she's just always been incredible at veering away from salacious gossip and that nasty side of media she's always been so genuine and actually interested in artists and their and their talent and their music. And I respect her so much for it. She's such a great interviewer. And it turns out she and I have actually had very parallel lives over the last few years. She ended up stepping away from her job, which was a massive part of her identity. Um, She's had a gorgeous baby buddy. And I think you're going to learn some really interesting stuff from her. So my chat with Ash London this week on the PJ Podcast. Do I talk now? <laughs> I'm actually, do you know what? I'm nervous to interview you because I look, oh, you should I, be. I look up to your interviewing style. And today when I was like getting ready for this, I was like, oh my God, I'm not used to being the interviewer in this situation. Oh, mate, that's how I felt last week when I interviewed Jessie Ware, oh. whose podcast has like 27 million freaking downloads. I never get now, but into 10 years. And I was like, I hope she likes me. I put makeup on, which I never do. And then, like, a minute before it started, her publicity team texts me and they're like, hi, Jessie isn't made up, so it won't be video. And I was like, yeah, no, I wasn't made up either. <laughs> it's totally cool, guys. It's totally cool. Do I'm you, totally nervous. Do you get nervous in any of your interviews apart from no, that? No, no, no. Um, no. Once I got ner- well, I love Ricky Martin to, like, the point of, because when I was younger, I, like, thought I was going to marry him. Like, genuinely was like, Yes, I was 13. Mm. Um, did not know that he was gay. Or oh, maybe I knew, but I was in denial. Either way. Um, <laughs> and then when I got into this industry, I was like, I can never meet Ricky. I can't ever interview him because if he's having a bad day, what I just don't, I need to keep, the you know, the ideal of Ricky alive. So I'd always turn down the interviews and then he was in City for the Voice and I was like, nah, nah, nah. You turned and, down Ricky. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> I didn't want to meet him. And then like, once a year, Angus, my on-air partner at the time, we had a glass studio and I would face Angus and he was in front of the wall and he would face out. And um, he did the, he played this jigger with like probably two or three times over like five years and it worked every time where like I would be, we'd be recording something and then he would look over my shoulder as if a surprise was about to happen. I'd be like, is Ricky Martin here? Hey, Ricky Martin. But the one, I did a phone with him. I was like, how do I have the phone 
And I was like, don't tell him you love him. Don't tell him you love him. Just be cool. Be cool. Just for once in your life, be cool. And then as soon as I heard his voice on the other end of the line, I started crying and I was like, I love you so much. I've always loved you. And he was like, Ash, never be ashamed of who you love. And I was like, (laughs) that's it. That's only time. I've been nervous. Oh, see, I, I was so, well. I've been um, I've been uncool in front of a lot of people, but I loved Ellie Golding. Oh and, yeah, she's cool. And I just, oh, I made such a dick of myself. And I think I just yeah, tried I, to I hard. see that in you. I can because you are cool, but you, you're cool once you get to know you. <laughs> Like too intense, too intense for the first, like too much pressure on that sort of five, 10 minute window. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But also when you have an on-air partner, it's different. See, I had the added kind of cool factor of like being by myself and it was a music show. Yeah. So I think, you know, when I was with Angus, it was different because, and also who knows what your co-host is going to say? They might throw you in the deep end. If if Jace knows that you like Ellie oh, Goldie, he's oh, he gone did every time. Every time that I like really liked someone, he'd just throw me under the bus. It kind of broke the ice, but it also just instantly took away any chance of us genuinely being friends. Because I, I thought at the time that you know we actually had a shot. <laughs> you and Ellie Goldie would be friends. <gasps> perfect sense to oh. me. Ashley, let's talk about how. Our lives are like freakily paralleled. It's right. it's quite insane. So you got into commercial radio in what year? Oh gosh. Well, I'm I did the loop, which was a TV show I did. I just found out that was 10 years ago. And I think Oh my god, so you started 10 years ago too. Oh my god, stop it. No, oh seriously, because it yeah. looks it looks like I'm just your biggest fan and I've copied your life. Because I started 2011 in radio. Yeah, I guess that was no, I started February t- January 23 was the um like first episode, I think, of my TV show. That's when my internship started, like <laughs> in January. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, I, um, but I always like felt an affinity with you from afar. Like I always was like, she was cool. Because when you moved to Melbourne for your gig, remember we went out for breakfast that time That's and we worked right. at like opposing radio stations. That's right. My husband ran Fox FM, which was like your and I and I was like, stuff it, I need to be friends with this girl. And we just maybe. and we just connected. So and maybe the, am I your stalker? Or are you mine? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's reciprocal. And so um, you loved it, obviously, when you did that job. Like loved with it. anything, there's so many ups and downs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I yeah. I saw. I started TV. That was great, but it was like I. So I never wanted to do radio. I was like, it was lame, right? So I like mm. studied. Um, a media degree and like skipped the radio bits because I was like, audio, boring, I'm going to be on TV because <laughs> I'm cool. And then I tried TV and it's a, it's a, it's a lot of standing around waiting for the lighting, waiting for the mic to be okay, waiting for the lapel to stop rubbing against the fabric, mm. waiting for the camera. And that annoyed me when, like when I started doing radio, I was doing like, you know, a national radio, three-hour radio show every night on the go, just the immediacy, the quickness of a boom, 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 boom. And then I was having to spend two full days in an office to make three hours of television. And I was like, this is boring. That's it. And you're just doing bits over and over, like the same bits over and over. And it feels like you lose the magic a little bit. Totally. Because you feel like an idiot when you're like delivering lines. And I hate the auto cue. Like I'm good at it. I can read really quickly. But um, yeah, and then once you like stuff it up once, you end up having to like once you you know you know what it's like, mm. just lose it, and then you can't get it back, and then you're filming over and over again, and you just feel like a piece of crap. And also like for my body image, like I was a size ten, which is like small, and like my first day, nothing fit me, like mm. nothing in like the whole wardrobe section was like big enough for me, and I was like, Ugh. screw this, I want to be. On the radio, no one can see yeah. me. <laughs> no one can see me. And then I literally went like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like Abby Chatfield, who now does my time slot, is a fucking supermodel. And yeah. every night she's like, I'm waiting for her to be like, stop. I'm waiting for her to just start not caring so that I can feel better about the fact that I genuinely look homeless <laughs> for the for the final three to four years of my radio career. Like I'd be meeting – pop stars who I know have had two hours of hair and makeup, I'd still be like, nah. I know. I was exactly the same. I just always went for the most low maintenance look ever. 
Yeah. And I was like, should I put an effort? Oh, it's probably too late you now. Breakfast. Yeah. You know, that's a 3.30 wake up. You've always kind of given me the vibes that you've got your shit together and you've always seemed like a pretty grounded, confident person. Did you Did you have to fake that? Did you always feel that? How did you get yourself to that place? I was always really self-confident, right? Like I just thought I was the shit. And not in like a you're an idiot way because I loved other people and I never got my self-confidence from making other people feel smaller. I just maybe it was the way I was raised. I just always like knew I would do well in life and kind of backed myself. And then I don't know when it, it, it's like a change. No. Started to like doubt myself and expect bad things to happen and not, that's what it was. It wasn't, I didn't, I stopped expecting that everything would go my way. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think, yeah, that was like, it was weird that I like, I think back to like when I started out in media and I was so just like, yeah, I got this. I got to be, blah, blah, blah. and then I was like, oh, a piece of shit. And then I kind of grew up and like dealt with my shit. But I think it's like, we both, you know, we do therapy. Like I just worked on myself and I knew that um, I was probably finding some of my self, all of my self-worth probably in my work. And I, and I did the work to kind of figure that out because, you know, your work mm. can go at any time and it has twice for me. I've quit and, you know, I don't want to then be like, I have nothing. I am no one. <laughs> what was, what do you think kind of, yeah. Do you think it was the fact that you're a media that kind of shifted your, your confident attitude because, you do put so much, um, I guess, reliance and yeah. how, you're, how you're received or, you know, totally. how your show's going. Do you think that's what knocks the confidence? I think so. And I ha- there was this one person um, who in my work sphere, not Scott Tweedy, my co-host, because I don't, never want anyone to think that. Uh, he was, <laughs> everyone's going to be speculating public. right now. No, it's no one that anyone knows. It okay. was just... This one person that um, just gave my confidence a really big knock and I started to internalise that. And, you know, when someone tells you mm. that you're A, B and C enough, you start to believe it, right? Yeah. And then once I kind of removed myself from that environment and took time, I looked back on it and I was like, oh, that actually had nothing to do with me. Like I am none of those. It's like when you have a bad boyfriend. Mm. I had a boyfriend once who was like, you know, when I was younger and we broke up and he told me that, you know, no one would ever love me and I was selfish and I was a shit girlfriend and, and I part of me kind of believed that. And then a couple of years later, he like sat me down. He's like, I want to apologize. That actually wasn't true. That was all about me, not about you. Mm-hmm. Now, I never got that from this other person, but I came to that realization. So I think that's a bit of it. Funnily enough, it was never about looks. Mm. Like it's weird. And I don't know why that is. Because I think I was the same too. Yeah, it was more on my performance. Totally. And how and how, how I was received and if I was liked. Totally. It was more and about think, being accepted, I think. Yes. And people are always like, oh, I love for your radio show how you kept it all about the music and you were so respectful of the artist. I'm like, yeah. And a lot of that was because I want to put good art into the world and don't want to, like, perpetuate just shitty content. But I also want the artist to like me. And the best <laughs> way for them to like me is to respect them and do, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was a kind of selfishness to it. But as performers, babe, I think there's always a narcissistic, I don't know if it's narcissism or like anxiety or both, where we just want to be liked. And that makes us good performers. Because there are some people that don't care, right? Like Carl Sandland's like oh, genuinely. No, but I still think everyone does. They have to, right? They have to. I but think, think I actually think the more people put out that they don't care, the more they're projecting. And I think there's all, I think people always care. I think Ricky Gervais doesn't care. Oh God, I love Ricky Gervais. Surely that's an example of someone who genuinely. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. He's so, and they've tried to cancel him how many times? And yeah, he's he won't like, be. No, nah, I'm not apologizing for that. It's humor. And I'm like, oh God, he's so good. I want to talk about your massive plunge that you did where you took a leap out of your cushy job Um, because I think, A, that takes real balls, but I want to know what that whole process was like for you. Were you sitting on it for a long time? How did you know it was the right thing to do? 
Yeah. What, you what mean was the first the time I did it or the recent time I did mm, it? Whatever one was different. Okay. Um, I'll do the first time quickly. I okay. was like about to turn 30. I was hosting the night show with yep. Angus. I'd come in on his show. He was like, the, I haven't got my pop sock on. Oh, I don't even have a sock. Does that sounds sock free. Two, 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 two. Okay, we'll both be pop free. <laughs> I mean, sock free. Um, he was the best co-host ever. So wonderful, so encouraging, but it still didn't feel like the show I was supposed to be doing. And I just got dumped and my life was a bit of a, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I quit. And my manager was like, what are you doing? You don't quit your first radio gig. People, you know, like people would kill for this job. And I was like, yeah, exactly. The fact that I don't want to do it means that I'm, I currently have someone else's job. Someone needs to be doing this. Really. So I left, went traveling, went to a de- literally a desert island called Malapasqua in the in South China Sea in the Philippines. By yourself? Well, I was by myself, but my bestest and oldest friend was a scuba diver instructor on the island. So she was like, just come to the island. So I did. So I went to like I think I went to like Bali with a friend first and then went other places. My brother lived in Singapore. So did some traveling, ended up in Malapasqua. And I spent a couple of months there. Literally like it's like a kilometre wide and you only go there to scuba dive. And, of course, I'm scared of scuba diving, so I didn't scuba <laughs> Drinking <laughs> just cocktails on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And then did yoga and, yeah, so I just like lived my life. And then I did kind of an, a year of just kind of aimlessly wandering, thinking, have I fucked this up? And then I ran out of money and I was like, oh, shit, I fucked this up. Oh, my God, I resonate with that so hard. But I knew it was the right thing still, Paige, but I was like, I may have, okay, this is scary and uncomfortable, but I'm still pretty sure I did the right thing, but maybe I'm an idiot. And then I tried to move to London couldn't get a visa, officially ran out of money. And then Jim Fordham, who, was she your boss before yeah. she was my boss? Yeah, yeah she, she was your boss in New Zealand. Technically put Jason and I together. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Well, she technically in, like, <laughs> let me have a night show of my own, so got me back into radio, um, came home, met Adrian like a week later. I thought I'd f- fucked everything. Sorry, I'm swearing so much. I thought I'd messed I everything. We're so a swearing-friendly show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm no dump button here. Um, yes, I came home thinking, you know, three steps back, I'm back where I started in the same studio, like what a loser, but then ended up starting the best adventure of my life, which is Ash London Live. And I met Adrian a couple of weeks later. And then five years after that, left again. Well, not like, not left again, like a week later. It was five years. I got a red hot crack and, um, you know, met and married Adrian within like a year, I think of meeting him. And um, then it was time, but I knew a year before I finished, I knew. So I was filming this series for Destination New South Wales. I was in Broken Hill, which is the desert. Yeah. And I just bought an Akubra hat from a place called Outback Whips and Leather. Cool. <laughs> and I remember that because I had to text my accountant and be like, just so you know, <laughs> this is not an S&M store. This is a legitimate business expense. And then I called, yeah, Gemma called and I said, yeah, no, I, I think this is my last year. Can I just have a one-year contract? And she said, yes. And then two months later, two little lines and a pregnancy test. And then, I, and then I was like, okay, well, that's confirmation. Whereas you, it was different. You quit and then you got the two lines. Yeah. Or did you want to get, did you, were you like, I want to have a baby, but I don't want to be on radio? Um, or, or I, I knew that it was, I, I wanted it in the yeah. nearish future. I didn't know when it was going to be. I kind of just threw it out to the universe and if it came nice. back, then it came back. <laughs> oh, when it came back, baby. <laughs> oh, it came back. Can you imagine being pregnant? I mean, you're not in like the in uncomfortable, like truly uncomfortable, can't move phase oh. yet, but imagine doing that pregnant. And 3.30 wake-ups and being in a studio when you feel I have so much respect for pregnant women. Oh, my God. How do people do jobs? I don't know. Like Fifi had like hyperemesis. Like (gasps) she was like really sick. I don't know. I literally had to like really. Maybe I don't know if that's public knowledge, but she was really sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kept coming to work. And I was like, she's a machine. Even if you're doing it from home, there were days where I was like, I legitimately can't move and I'll just stay in bed all day. Oh, and I've been a horrible person. I don't think I'd want to be around my work colleagues. As if you don't have that capacity. Ash, Ash, I got angry at a dish today, like this plate. What did it do to you? No, well, it just broke. And I was like, you just 
piece of shit. Like, <laughs> no, and I actually just started going off at this bit of crockery and I was like, well, what's wrong with me? Are you like that with BJ? Like, has he been copying um, it? He, um, <laughs> he's definitely a uh, <laughs> side of me that he's never yeah. seen before. Hey, wait till the baby comes. And I hate I being that person. No. Like, baby comes. It's like he but- has to get to the door and he has to gauge Mm-hmm. If it's if it's dangerous dangerous territory, and I'm like, yeah. is this? So this is my theory. Like, when you're pregnant, all these things come up, and it's like you're purging all these things that you kind yeah. of have to sort of deal with before the baby comes along. Totally, absolutely, because you know it's not one of those like like talk about it later things. Like, got to talk about it now. But also, and this may be not scientifically correct, but I'm pretty sure it is. The biggest hormonal change your body undertakes is in the first trimester. So like, you know, that's when the most, and the hormones inside of you are like, and it's, I thought that you'd like gradually ease into it, but it's not the case at all. Same. I would cry. I mean, I'm a crier anyway, but like so emotional, so short tempered. Yeah. Adrian and I have never fought in five, six years that we've known each other. And yet I would like snap it in. Oh, no, same. I've become snappy and the same with Beige. And, like, he is such a docile, beautiful, like, yeah. um, you know, cheese like the grounded one. And I just, oh, anyway, it's a, it's a roller coaster. And um, yeah. he's he's learned to give me my space to vent. He's like, okay, so what's what, what's frustrating you tonight, babe? Yeah. <laughs> so then he just gives me this and I go, la, 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 la. and then I ended up the other night going, and I just want to fucking go to France and be cultured. And that's how yes. it ended up. Like, where did that I come understand from? That. <laughs> it goes to a completely ridiculous place that you're like, I don't, I mean, I don't actually want to go to France because no. 24 hours on a plane. No, no, but. But it just ends I up being ridiculous. Like, it yes. doesn't even make sense. You wake up the next day and you're like, what did I say? What did I yeah. actually say? Yeah, no, it 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 gets it it, it gets even weirder. Yeah, when, when you're tired and the baby arrives, you have the sleep deprivation plus the hormones. You genuinely don't know who, who you, you are. are. It's like you lose all sense of self and reality, and you can't talk yourself around mm. to like logic because you've lost logic. Months ago, and you yeah. are just flying by the seat of your pants trying to keep a baby alive, which Woo-hoo! is hard. Which is hard because I suppose, like pre baby, like I know you'd be quite like a ritualized person in the sense, oh. of like okay, if I'm not in the zone, I know what I need to do, but it's like you don't really, you can't always do that anymore. Oh, and I'm very you're not a priority. Educator, and I'm very selfish. Like you know, you'd be the same uh-huh. when you're. When you've got disposable income and it's your own money and uh, you have the freedom and you're not married or you are married but you have, you know, a great healthy relationship, you do what you want when you want and mm. your time is yours. And if I want to go get a three-hour massage, well, I'm mm. going to do that and I'm not going to feel bad about it because I don't have to ask anyone, no one lies on me and it's my money so I'm going to do that. And then it's like you're not earning money, you have to take care of a baby and you're breastfeeding and, you know, like, or even things like you're too fat for a massage now because oh. you're in the third trimester and it's not even a good massage. You had to lie on your side with the stupid pregnancy and nothing's <laughs> the way you want anymore. You can't just, all you want is a manicure, but you can't have gel and I don't want, I want my eyebrows done, but you can't get them bloody straightened, whatever that thing's called. What's it called when they do the? Oh, the three-day? Oh, no, 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 the lamination. Can't get a lamination. Cannot, cannot get lamination, period. No, because mm. the chemical, oh, and even if you do get it, because of your hair changes, it doesn't work. And so then the baby comes out and you're like, great, I can finally get a lamination. Oh, can't do it when you're breastfeeding. There's another fucking nine months of bad, you know, can't have retinol, can't have AHA. Not that mm. I'm angry about it, PJ. <laughs> I mean, I'm not angry. I'm fine. <laughs> I feel like our hormones are on similar levels. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, learn- I'm learning. I'm learning quickly that surrender is going to be oh. my best friend. The word mm-hmm. surrender, because you can't control much. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even like the birth, like have you thought about, have you made any plans yet about the kind of birth that you want to have? Well, I know it's going to be at the hospital. Yeah, I okay. love my midwife. She's home amazing. births are big in New Zealand, like much huh? bigger than Australia. Yeah, I suppose I do know a few people who have had home births and it's not that I'm against it, but I'm also kind of far, well, not far away, but like we could get trapped here in a flood and if anything happens, 
like I kind of just kind of want to be I in there. I kind of think like BJ would be able to put, like deliver a child. Like I that know. is the ideal I have of he would just like roll up his sleeves and just be like, all right, I got this. It's like delivering a calf. He's done he it. He's do done it. it so many times with animals. And I think he thinks it'll be similar. My new fantasy, I so want him to deliver your baby. Don't say that. I want my midwife to. <laughs> In a flooding river, like a water birth in a flooding river with all those carp around that he just saved last week. And he pull it out and then like and like chew the umbilical cord off. How was Adrian in the birth expert? Well, I ended up having to have a cesarean. Oh, okay. So we had the most chillaxo. It's so relaxing having a plan C. Yeah. Like, and he, he got to stay with me for all of it, for like the spinal block, and then they wheeled me in, and then they're playing lovely music. And um, my biggest fear was that like bad music would be playing when Buddy was born. <laughs> oh, my God, no, that's a real, that's a genuine yeah. fear. And I <sighs> the song, Kevin and Sunshine by Pink. Oh, like, yeah. And I, you can't say that on commercial no, radio. you can't because everybody she's loves very Pink. Popular, yep. Pink. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. One, one of the best to ever do it, but I just can't stand that song. No, I know, I know. And when we're in there, it started playing and I tell my OB, I'm like, I cannot have him to this. And she's like, a while off, don't stress. And then the song that was actually playing when they handed him to me. Circle of Life. I wish. Was, um, I mean, good on the OB if she'd put that on the, like, playlist. Yeah. Was Ed Sheeran's Perfect. Oh. But Ed Sheeran was also playing by accident when Adrian proposed to me. Yeah. yeah whereabouts? In a restaurant or something? Oh, in like um, we're in an Airbnb and it's like some random like Spotify playlist was playing. Oh, I just got and, tingled. Yeah, and then Ed was playing and then when he, when Buddy came out, it was perfect and he really, went, and he was perfect and it was, it's and like, oh, I'm going to cry. And then, um, yeah, like, yeah, I got, I, I got to tell Ed that. I got to like send a message to him that like Buddy was born to perfect and he, Loved it. Do you cry every time that song comes on now? Oh, and it's like <laughs> especially I with the tiredness. Yeah, and I wanted Buddy to love that song. So for like the first two months of his life, I'd like <laughs> if he was crying, I'd put it on, and I'd be like, "It makes him stop crying." It didn't. Like, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> "Um, I want to go back to." Like, sorry, um, I keep taking you to like other places. No, I love it. I just, I really want to talk about ego death with you. Right. Um, and oh gosh, and throwing out an identity you have of yourself. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but since taking the plunge from my job, I've been to some dark places. Like it's almost like you kind of have to grieve an old self. And I suppose that's happened to you a couple of times, leaving your job twice and then having a baby as well. I think you probably go through that on another whole level. Whole level. It's so hard, PJ, because we're both very self-aware, right? Yeah. So I know when I'm lying to myself mm. about my ego being under control, mm. right? Like I know when I'm pretending. Yeah. And I think it's been a bit of 50-50. So there have been times in my life where I really truly um, have found sufficiency and and satisfaction in like, because that's my tattoo, right? I've got written on my side of my, my it says I am and then mm-hmm. it's just a dot. Mm-hmm. And that whole idea is that like I'm not defined by anything. I can't, there's nothing after the am. It's just I have to be happy with skin and bones of who I am, right? And, yeah, look, there have been times where I've, you know, had the cool job of being on top of the world and be like, none of this means anything. But, of course, it does because so much of how, I relate to the world is through a lens of my job and my place in the world. But becoming a mum, like leaving the job, and it's like I think it would be different maybe if I had taken maternity leave and I knew I was going back to it, but really walking away from it and not just the job but really the industry, like I'm not, I don't have any plans to go back to radio and then not just the idea of having a baby being a mum but like, physically being in the monotony and the boringness often of motherhood is a tough pill to swallow on some days. Particularly when you had 
such a different life. Like I by now, because I'm exactly the same as you. When I was in that, you know, dream job, people would look in like up to you going, that is just the dream. And I'd be like, but it's not everything and it's not what creates happiness. And then you get out of it and you're like, fuck. So much of my happiness was that. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know if the illusion of it was and the idea of it and the adrenaline and the security, I think. And Um, I think for me, my whole life I wanted – like I wanted people to, I wanted to not have to prove myself every time I met people. Mm. So I think it felt nice for my, for lack of a better term, my reputation to precede me, for me to not have to turn it on and win people over every time, you know, mm. which is in my early in my career I had to do that because I was a nobody, you know, I'd go in to do these interviews and they would cut me out of it and put it into another person's radio show. So I was a nobody, but I knew I was really good at what I did. So every time I went in and sat in front of that artist, it was like I've got to prove to this person that I'm good at what I do and I'm researched and I've got to make it, you know. Mm. So I think I really enjoyed that aspect of it, of like this person's going to come into my studio and the power balance is set and everyone knows where they stand and my name is on the logo behind me because I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I know it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I know it can it's still all be elements bullshit. and I think that's fine. You don't need to feel bad about enjoying that as well yeah. because I think it's also probably the challenge of everything. And I think mm-hmm. as humans we constantly need to be challenged and maybe the thing is I don't know like I'm finding that at the moment it's like I need I need a challenge. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And often it's not you're absolutely right. It is just about a challenge. It's something that I need to set my sights on and then achieve. And sometimes it's just a personal achievement that no one else will know about. And sometimes it is a public achievement that, you know, will feel good. Mm. I, I get that. Like there was no way that I was going to have a baby and not do something outside of motherhood. Like there was just no option for that happening. Like, of course I was going to do a podcast. And did you get the fire in your belly when you were pregnant with that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's more when Buddy came along. Really? Yeah. And I tell you what, every woman I've interviewed in my podcast about like mothers who kept their careers going, people at the top of their game who became mums, it's pretty much the same for everybody that like they had the baby and then they just became more focused, more refined in their focus, more excited to like achieve than ever before, which you know, it, what is, is that? Is that because you've true. created something and there's this, I guess, pressure on, well, not pressure on you, but it's like, I've got to, uh, I've got something to prove now. I've got to fucking do this. Totally. Like, I, I want my kid to like be proud of them, his mom. I want him to look up to me and be like, my mom works really hard and she's built this great life for us. And I, and, and you know, I, I want to create a great life for him and I want him to have everything he needs and not just financially, but, you know, I don't want, like I grew up in a household that, you know, had financial stress and my dad, you know, had like mental health problems. It was, you know, there was, I had a great family and I had a great life, but there was a lot of element of stress. And I just never want that for my kids. I want them to have just like just the normal stresses of childhood, just like the stresses about someone at the playground not liking you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean the kids. daily stresses are enough, right? Yeah, right, without the stress mm. of like, you know, mum and dad problems. So a lot of it's that. And then a lot of it really, I think, is just about me feeling like I'm still there because mm. that's a big one because you do feel like. How many, how often in a week would you not feel like yourself? Oh, 50 times a day. Really? Yeah, totally. Because it's like you've got this baby and ordinarily I would, you know, watch four episodes of Trigger Point in one go because I want to and I work hard and I can. <laughs> yeah. You know, but now it's like, well, no, I have to sit here and breastfeed and that might take 40 minutes and I don't want to be on my phone too much because mm-hmm. I want to be present with my baby and I can't hurry that process up. I can't make him feed faster and I can't multitask. I can't go and edit. Well, I probably could if I wanted to, but I don't want to. So I have to just sit here in this and do nothing. Like that is so the opposite of how it would ever be before, you know, like you have to just get used to like so much of motherhood is boring. Mm. And like, just the acceptance. Just the reality of it. Yeah. And like no one can escape that, right? No. Like 
And I think that's the great leveler is that you have to accept that, I mean, unless you want to outsource it, which is completely your prerogative, yeah. um, but that's not what I wanted to do. So, yeah, it's just like, God, who am I? And, you know, I put on 20 kilos, even something like that, which is like, of course that's fine. Mm. But looking in the mirror at a body you don't recognise is a head fuck. When- Shit, yeah. Again, that goes back to like where you kind of are defined in the stance of I'm not defined by my body, you know, yeah. that that's that doesn't really matter. And then you're confronted with it and you're like, holy shit. Because I've yeah. even found that like, holy shit, like I'm so hungry like, and I'm eating all the things and I'm just following what my body wants to eat. Yeah, right? good girl. And um, but – it's still confronting, it's right? It's so confronting and I just my waist is getting bigger and my ass and my thighs and I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. This I never thought this bothered me, but it really does. And yeah. like, it's almost like there's this taboo around talking about that when you're carrying like a human and you're creating a human. It's like, right? well, don't fucking is focus on that. Friend, yes. Don't if your friend told you yeah. I hate my ass. And you'd you'd be like, don't be stupid. You're going a human, hundred percent. But when you're in that position, you're like, but like, but but it's still, (laughs) but totally dumpling. Like, (laughs) I even just getting on the scales and like seeing a number that I didn't know was possible for someone that was five foot two, whatever I am. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what? It was all breast. Let me just say, it was all boob. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my. uh, There were your boobs. Are they? Have they? Are they? Did they grow still, a lot? Oh my gosh! I'm gonna show you a photo right now. <laughs> okay, cool. Have I shown you this photo yet? I'm like, okay. Adrian's texted me tired, but he cracked. He's asleep now. Okay, go. This is the photo PJ, and maybe if I'm feeling generous, I will allow <laughs> you to include it in the podcast notes. Okay. Of the day my milk came in. So do you know about how when your milk actually comes in, like you nah. have a baby, and it often takes kind of like um, you know, between a day and four or five days, whatever, for your actual supply to come in. So it's not just the colostrum, which is like that tiny yeah, bit you of can, magic stuff. You can get that stuff out, eh, just in yes, case. I did. We yeah. can talk about that. Um, and then your milk comes in and that's what your boobs look like. Holy shit. Bigger than Buddy. Look at my face. I'm like, fuck. Oh, my God. Is that and so is heavy to carry around? Oh, my babe. I can't. Like, <laughs> No, not even like my, like nothing. I had to just hold them because nothing fit. So that was tough. Mm. And then you don't feel sexy. I didn't want to have sex because I was like, gross. Mm. And you know it's fine, but you just don't recognize yourself anymore. And when, you know, we've both been in jobs for so long that cause us to do so much introspection, so much, whether we like it or not, you know, every day there's photos, videos, and audio of us being published into the world. So we're very used to seeing ourselves, you know, like I think for other people it might be different because they don't constantly have to see ourselves, worry about what, not worry, but be aware of what people are saying about us or having real-time feedback in our work from hundreds of thousands of strangers every day. So it's just. What do you think's helped you? Because I'm sure there'll be something which has helped yeah. along the way. For me, whenever I get into that place, it's literally just like I just stare at the baby and I'm like, okay. And it very quickly shakes you out of any of that crap. And also you've got a great partner who I know will be like super supportive. I think that really helps. And I would hope that like most women have that. I know that, you know, statistically I'm sure some wouldn't. Um, But just looking at the bud is a great um, help and just getting outside and going for a walk. Yeah. Like it's, and isn't that just the cure to everything? Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's insane what fresh air and just a walk. Yeah. Like, oh, what was I, what was I, I'm fine. What was I worried about yeah, it'll take me a week sometimes to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I get back in the walk. I'm like, it's so easy to do, day. but it seems yeah. too hard. So hard. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mike, it's literally just putting my sneakers on. And Adrian is home. He'll watch the baby. And yeah. yeah. And then I do one walk and I come back and I'm like, I am. <laughs> and you want to get him. I don't think you know who he is. An Australian running athlete person. I, no, I don't know who that is. I don't know why he came to mind. Steve, want to get you? What the hell? But, yeah, like I'm like, I'm going to do it every day. Do you think it's a blessing or a curse having social media and having a baby? <sighs> well, it's a blessing because I can make money from social media. Yeah. That yeah. way it's good. Yeah. It's a blessing because I, I can keep up to, with things and not feel like I'm – because imagine in the olden days, mm. all social media when you had a baby and you were just home all day with the baby, wasn't that I think I'd be depressed. Yeah. Like I genuinely think I would feel too yeah, disconnected. At from the same the time, you don't have the potential for comparison to other people's lives, which must I be don't do it. I'm not a comparer. Mm. I have escaped that gene somehow. Comparison like I, kills joy. It does. It's a thief of joy. And I think, and I mean, and I, it's like, maybe it's my superpower, PJ. I genuinely don't believe anything I see. I'm like, bullshit. And (laughs) maybe that's from years of interviewing pop stars who you think have amazing lives and realizing that most of them are as insecure as us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've had, have the same. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But do you still look at people's lives on the internet and go, oh. mm." No, probably not. But I suppose even just seeing, activities or being in other places or whatever. I can imagine being in the same house every day doing the same routine. I can imagine that's where social media would become very, uh, you know, seductive. That makes perfect sense. You know, it's like, oh, God, I just want to be there. Yeah. But you're very, I've noticed, like, I am, all I want in life is for you to do a house tour. (laughs) But you are so, like, coy about the fact that you bought a fucking country estate. You're like, it's you're, not a country. In my mind it is. And every time you like do any video at home, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll see more of the house. But you never do. It's because it's got a really quirky setup. And like there's this courtyard on the inside. That's cool, man. And there's like all these lilies. I don't know why I haven't. And there's just so many quirky features about it that so I'm you, like, oh, maybe I'll just keep like. People won't understand. I don't know. Like we've got literally, Ash, our toilet is like a throne. Like you walk up steps and then underneath the stairs is a oh. cellar. <laughs> it's there's so the quirky. sent their partner to go and buy a bookshelf made out of a canoe. <laughs> hey, I went and got that. And is okay. it not amazing? Oh, no. It's the fugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I love it because it's like weird and it's you. I got so much support to go buy that and I don't know if social media like, was trolling do me to fuck me over. <laughs> it's so hard to tell because people are like, oh, my God, go get it, go get it. And I'm like, you guys just want to see me look like a fucking idiot. You know, you've made it look cool. Can I say? Thank you. I'm looking at it in the background with the plant, and the, it does look cool. Thank but I'm thinking maybe like the quirkiness <laughs> of the house is maybe okay, more you than like the original yeah. architecture. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I get too scared of showing. To, well, I don't want to be like, look at my property because I'm very I proud. I totally understand. I mean, I would. I'd be like, look at my property. <laughs> Like even just saying I have a property sounds like a wanker. Well, I call it an estate. There's a way (laughs) worse. (laughs) An estate. Plus that's my dream. Like speaking of us having parallels as far as our careers and then quitting and then having babies, I'm hoping that the next parallel is that we get a country house. We're trying to do it at the moment. but we trying to, I don't think we can afford it. How far from the city? Oh, like within a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. 
I'd, I'd want it to be within an hour of an airport. Love it. Or within like three hours of drive from a city. And you want like a cute small town nearby where you can get. Mm. Nah. You don't have to walk to it, but I need to be able to drive. Oh, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get some stuff. Um, yeah, I really want to. We're just trying to work out what we do with our place here because as if we can afford to just like casually leave our Sydney apartment empty. Sydney's mm. like $1,000 a millisecond. Mm. But I would love that, especially with Buddy. We both work from home, but I very much glamorised it in my mind. That's the thing. I think the reality of it is, oh, don't get me wrong, I'm so stoked I've come here, but it is a shock. Like it is a bit yeah. of a, a cultural what's been, shock. What's been a couple of the things that have made you go, oh, this is not what I expected or? <laughs> Oh, I, I like have learned so many skills. Like I'm quite proud of myself. Like I, I'm pretty stoked at what I can do now. Like <laughs> I can light the fire. Like our hot water, our shower hot water relies on the fire going. <laughs> oh, no, so, no, no, no. Oh, I know. I it's not going to be ideal for children. <laughs> no, I'm not. I went to boarding school like that and I was like, fuck it. I'll Did have a cold you? shower. Yeah, no, I hated it. Um, you have to like keep the fire lit. What if it like time, not all the time. No, like you, you sometimes. You hot shower in the morning. And at 1 a.m., you know the fire's gone out. No, 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 no. You get like a couple of days, Grace. Oh, sweet. That's yeah, fine. yeah, 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 yeah. So I can do that. I can light the fire. Oh, yeah, so do you chop the, the wood? Uh, no, I don't chop the wood. <laughs> I get the wood BJ inside. BJ chops the wood. BJ chops the wood. Can you start fantasizing about BJ delivering the baby and chopping the wood? And saving the fish. He's actually going to save more fish this afternoon. Oh, which is weird because he's the opposite of my husband who is like, you know, um, not like that. No, but I I was always into people not like that. You know, my whole life. Interesting. My whole life. So I was into Seth Cohen style guys. Like oh, think geeky. Adrian Brown, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was my. A little bit Jewish looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my style. That was my thing. Oh, oh my God. I know. I know. If I ever got to interview him, fuck, I'd be so oh, uncool. I'd blow it. Mm, yeah, no. I think I'd be uncool too. We were going to call Buddy Seth. Oh. After Seth Cohen. With well, them like Cohen or Sandy. Jace, in the previous episode, he was saying how they nearly called their kid Cohen. Oh, what a cool name. Good name. But I'm Arab. And if I gave my kid a Jewish name, oh. my Arab relatives like would just be like, this is too, it's too far for us. It's been a step too far for us. But I'm obsessed with Jewish culture, everything. And, and I'm obsessed with the OC, which I watched recently with Adrian. Oh, Best episode, the Spider-Man when he comes off the roof. Yes, and it's raining. Yes, and Blind yes, Melon, no yes. rain plays. It's the best episode of the whole and as show. As, and then, but then Marissa gets so annoying. I didn't like, realise how annoying she was. Oh. Until I watched it back. I used to think she was so cool just because she was so pretty. And I got but like. Summer black. is the cool one. Summer's very cool. And Kirsten. Oh, Kirsten. Kirsten and Sandy are the moral compass of the universe. Right. Ah, I adore them so much. And it got to the point where we were watching it and I was like, oh, would Marissa, hurry up and die already so we can just get past <laughs> I and love, then that last season is just, I, I was like, I'm not watching this. I love how Sandy always says, don't get married. <laughs> don't get married. <laughs> but really, he knows it's the best thing ever. I know. He's got the best oh, one. I love that oh, show. And the Range show. Rovers, this is the thing that my biggest takeaway from the OC mm. is that the design of a Range Rover has not changed. It still looks the same. They haven't aged. Oh, see, I never thought I'd be someone who wanted like a big SUV, and now that I live in the country, I'm yeah. like looking at them. And it's I so bought a nice. Volvo, so is that yeah. big? It's big, and it's like the ultimate suburban eastern suburbs mum. Well, it's not a Range Rover; that is the ultimate. But it's I like, can't fucking justify buying a new car when I'm jobless. <laughs> no, I mean I would say YOLO, but also <laughs> the baby maybe no low. What is is no low? <laughs> Uh, you only live. No, I don't think that works. You don't <laughs> I don't only know what you mean. Dolo. Yeah. I would just get something that's like not like the Volvo we got. It's nice, but it's not like obnoxious. Oh, I won't be getting anything too obnoxious. I just don't think I can actually have anything that nice because I'll I'll ruin it. I yeah, will. Get a Land Rover, like a Land Rover oh, Discovery, because that's like chic, nice but still like a little bit down to country. earth. Yeah, can tow <laughs> shit, you know. And you can like, 
like BJ could like put the wood that oh he my chopped. God, stop with the <laughs> Are you all right, mate? Do you want me to put him in a segment? Pregnancy hormones. It's the video you put up yesterday, uh, last week of him (laughs) coming across the people who were rescuing the carp and then next minute he has the the galosha. It was like not staged at all. Some people were like, oh, he's just playing this. Like he had everything. It was so spontaneous. I loved it because it's the manliness of it but also the willingness to help. I love anything that's like community, strangers coming together. Like I cry when I vote because I'm like. (laughs) <laughs> I just love togetherness. So is every, if he'd taken his top off, it would have been the cherry on the tape. But I understand it would have been awkward if he'd said, yeah, boys, I'm going to take my top off what it is. Well, so. I'll, take you some, I'll take some more videos for you this afternoon because we're going to do it again. <laughs> What's the weirdest pregnancy symptom you got? Oh, um, the lightning crotch is a weird one. Oh, my but- God. I reckon I got a little bit of that but quite early yeah. on and then it went away. Well. early. Mm. Because mm. people think, yeah. well, they don't really know what it is, but people think it is the baby kicking you in the cervix, but it's not. Apparently it's an actual hormone thing. So for people who don't know, it feels like, yeah, someone's kicking you in the vagina from the inside. But it's like an electric shock almost. Exactly. Like it's like, that. but it's yeah. so quick. And you have no warning. If it was like three, two, one, <laughs> you're then it would be okay. Yeah. But it's like all of a sudden. And you look you crazy. Tap in your vag and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, ow. And Adrian's like, doesn't, doesn't get it. That was weird. And also Buddy was like mega active, like mega, mega, mega active. So he rolled a lot in the part in the last kind of two months. Yeah. And you'd be able to see my stomach be like, <gasps> oh, it was so, so Did you gross. know he was a boy the, from the get-go? I knew he was a boy from like peeing on the stick and I'd already named him. Did did you find out? Did you find out the sex? Oh, I found out the the second I was able to. Mm. Are you going to find out? Nah. What the hell is wrong? Why? Because it's one of the true surprises that you can get in life. No, there's lots of surprises in life, like ATO bills you didn't expect. (laughs) I mean, it's the right. Ash, I am choosing not to. It's been, I'm quite proud of my, like, you know, holding out. Um, Does I DJ abs- want to, ch- wait, is he on board with not yeah, knowing? Yeah. Okay, that's cute. Good so. for you, guys. I hope so. I guess you guys are a good couple lot. Um, we'll back off. I think he knows. He just has to agree with me or else he'll get, yeah. But well, not- do you know with our, like, I'm going to say the 20-week scan, that's right, it's on the fridge, we already knew it was a boy. And we went in, that's like the first um, 3D scan you get. Yeah. And she puts it on, she's like, oh, do you know the gender already? I'm like, yeah, it's a boy. She's like, great. Puts the juice on the tummy and the thing down and then just penis just on the screen. And she's like, well, like you already know. And there's no way you could have thought it was anything else. It was like the two legs and then the pe- and then maybe it was this ball sack. I don't know. But it was like this little knob. Bag. And we've got the photo on our fridge. Like <laughs> if we didn't know, we would have known. See, because we thought we saw a flailing phallic image. Yeah. Uh, but in the 12th week, if yeah, BJ, was like, BJ was like, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't know. Babe. You just hear so many people often get it wrong and they're yeah. like absolutely convinced. But I'm sure it's a boy. Be stoked yeah, no, if I'm, I'm surprised. I believe, I believe that you know. I knew it was a boy, and then when they told us, I was like, yes. Hey, did you get a magic carpet on your stomach? What do you mean? Like hair. Hair. On Lebanese, babe. I've got hair everywhere anyway. That already lays More so than normal? Yeah, that's all. That's all, yeah. You you might even get the the line. I didn't get till like 39. I, I, I gave birth at 37 weeks, and I only got the line at like 36 weeks. What, like a line of hair? You know that line, you know the black line that some women get from like their belly button oh. down? It's called a lin- linear neck grow oh, okay. but it doesn't come for a while. Yeah, but yeah the hair is the hair is weird. Um is and you know, I know that this is so lame because you don't believe people when they say it, but you really do forget. Oh yeah. Well I said the other day, I was like, finally I can use the excuse of baby brain, and people were like, not till you've had a child. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm going to use this as soon as I can. Absolutely. Because I actually looked up. um, I don't know if you did this, but, like, you go through every week, (laughs) week 15. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. What do we get this week? I'm just mad for them. Do you go into the forums, though? 
like the online forums of women who are as pregnant as you? Uh, yeah, but I sometimes can't access them. It's kind of weird. I, them. I live for the American ladies who were like, am I the asshole? This is my favourite one. This woman was like, I'm having a baby shower but I'm supplying food and drinks, but I don't want to give people alcohol if they don't bring a gift. So when people arrive, they will get a, a band, coloured band, and if they have a yellow band, that means they're allowed to have alcohol because they brought a gift. Shut but if they up. Just, and I was like, yeah. And I was like reading all the comments. Like women were like, you are not a good person. Like, oh my God. no offense, but you're a bitch. And I was like frothing hard. I like, live for the forums. Is this on the what to expect one? Because I yes. get the email. Like I just literally yes. got one. It was like latest group discussions. But then when I go on, I can't say it. Um, is June too early for baby shower? Alcohol at baby shower? Yeah, I'm telling question. you, it's all baby shower shit. <laughs> Have any of you and got a tattoo while you're pregnant? Healthy. Do you take mm. your shoes off? <laughs> uh, restaurant got my order wrong. <laughs> oh, lot. Have you got real friends? And then people mm. showing off like the baby came early. He's here. Yeah. Like, imagine being so. Imagine having putting a photo of your baby on a stranger's forum to announce that he's arrived. Yeah, to but I know. guess I guess that's. The strange, strange beauty of the internet. It connects people, yeah. makes them feel less and we're alone. I'm not supposed to be judgmental, but I am a bit judgmental. It's oh, so one. hard, Jay. And I, I'm interested to know what you think when you have the baby. You don't want to judge other mums, but you can't help it. It's so mm. weird and unhelpful and bad. Mm. I can imagine that being a real thing. Oh, yeah, like so. Like, but I, you're so not like a like. I can imagine you being like, you know, each mother to their own. But I can imagine when you're in that position, you'd all of a sudden become probably so. You wouldn't expect it, but you become very staunch on your way. You really right? do. And when you've read specifically that, like, babies aren't supposed to do X, Y, Z, because and then you see someone that you previously respected do it, you're like, I need to message them. And do, I was you, like, no, do you, don't. Do you ever message no them? Way. I screen snap it and send it to Violet. We have a one minute bitch and then it's out of my system. And I would never say anything. Are you that like, person at a restaurant who would not complain then, but you'd budge behind facts? No, if, if it's at a restaurant, I'll complain. Oh, okay. But no, I'm really good at complaining nicely. Oh, okay, nice. I'm really good because kind is clear. Like mm. you have to, they need to know that whatever. If you do it nicely, that's the kindest thing you can do. The unkindest thing is to pay and then bitch behind their back so they make the mistake again. And it's, I just love it's kind, it, cruel to be kind to be cruel, cruel to be kind, baby brain. No, you got to be cut cruel to be. Kind. I thought it was cruel to be, be kind. No, it's, there's a saying is you've got to be cruel to be kind. But I use the Brene Brown saying, which is kind is <laughs> blame it on the baby brain. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Don't blame it on the sunshine. <laughs> Don't blame it on the moon. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts oh, about this quote? No, don't move on. I need to remember. <laughs> Wait, I'll just look up Brene Brown kind. Clear, clear is kind. Oh, got it. Oh, so, so the, like clear communication? have to be clear. That's the kindest thing. So like withholding the truth from someone because you think you're being kind is actually being cruel because you're not being honest with them. Yeah. You're allowing something to exist between you that's like, you know. Oh, God, I'm God, I'm Are you good at confrontational conversations? Yes and no. I'm good at them when I'm, I'm bad at them when I'm in the wrong because I beat myself up so much and I get really upset when people are angry at me, like really don't cope well with that. So it's uncomfortable for me, but I can sit in the discomfort. But I'm genuinely like, like my dream is when someone is like disrespects me or someone I love. Yeah. Not like a friend that I can go like a stranger. Like if I can just yell at a stranger for being rude, that's my dream. Like, <laughs> you know, I get it all out and also I'm confident that that person is not going to have the same command of the English language that I do, so I will win in this verbal argument, yeah. which is bad. And then there's no sort of ramifications because you don't have to see them. Oh, yeah. Again. But when it comes to like friends that I struggle with, I will do it, but I struggle with it because I, I desperately want to be liked. Mm. What about you? Yeah, I, I've got better. I've got better. It used to be a bit of a pushover. Yeah. I think radio. I just, not, I think, it, yeah, like I just, with Jace and I, we always learnt that, you know, things just fester if you don't, if you don't address them. And yeah. Yeah. But did you I, get a lot of like feed, like, did you get a lot of feedback in your show? Like, cause it's, it's, it changes with whoever your boss is or whatever. Like, I've had shows where, like, when Craig Bruce was my boss. Mm. 
he'd pull us in and it was the best because I love feedback and he would like pick things apart and it was so awkward because you're like, I feel so exposed, but he made me better. Yes. And I didn't have that again. So Mm. I didn't have that same experience. Yeah, I had waves of that throughout my career. Yeah, okay. And which do you prefer? I don't like full free reign where you don't get anything. I don't like being controlled to a T where you're so fucking self-conscious. Yeah. I like like actually going into a meeting and they go, right, PJ, could have done that. Could have done that, could have done that. Take it or leave it. And then there's yeah, things right. to work on and you can choose to take it or leave it. Yeah. Do you know what that. I mean? I learned that, you know, and I started to really respect bosses that did that. Yeah. There aren't many they're of doing them. Because they're doing their job. Yeah. You know, they, exactly are meant, right. they are meant to help you and it's yeah, it can be soul destroying <laughs> if you choose yeah, to look at it like clear. that. Kind is clear. Shall okay. we end on that? Yeah, I love that. I also, I just want to also, I wrote this quote down before I spoke to you. My uncle once said you can have it all but not at the same time. <gasps> okay, you are going to love this because another parallel, Steph Clare-Smith, who I know you also love, <laughs> said the same thing to me on my podcast and I was Shut like, up. that is so true. You can have it all but not at the same time. I think that about really that quite a lot. Me. Yeah. I think about it a lot, especially when you go into a new phase of life and you don't have what you previously had and you dwell and you go, shit, well, you go, well, you had that and you wanted what you have right now. Yeah. So remember you can actually have it all just not at the same time. And we are taught that lie, I think. You can't have it all. You just got to work hard. And it's like, no, you can't at the same time. Yeah. Like if I had everything now, I would be a bad mum, a bad broadcaster, a bad friend because I literally don't have a capacity. But I'll get there again. I know that this will even out and one day buddy will be at school or daycare, whatever it is, and I will prioritise work again. Of course. I have to hold on to that or I'll go crazy. No, you will. And it will work out. And it'll work out for you, babe. Yeah, it's I just I really wanted to talk to you because I have been in this like unknown phase of taking the leap, starting this podcast, doubting myself a lot Mm. and wading through that. But also like you, I've kind of had this thing deep down where I always knew I was going to do this. Yeah. I always knew I had to go out on my own. Yeah. And it's so terrifying. And I just know that every time that you do take a leap into something really scary, you learn so much and you absolutely grow. Oh my God. Lost the word. Exponentially. There we go. No, it's just a start for you. And I'm like, you know, I totally believe in you so much. And I know that motherhood is going to be the hardest and best thing you've ever done. And it will only make you bigger and better and grow your capacity to do more. And good on you for doing this on your own. You know? Thank you. Thank you. I will I'm still ho- harass just- you for the next three years about us doing a podcast <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm open. I'm still open. Okay. Yeah, I well. Just, I just turned I turned you down initially, not that I rejected you. I just knew I had to do this by myself. And I was so proud. And I was like, <laughs> you're absolutely right. But I hope, thing has to be on your own. I hope this conversation can give people who are not completely content with whatever their life situation is mm. to take that leap and to oh, yes. to make that scary jump because I believe that you won't regret it. No. And if it blows up in your face, big deal, you did it. You exactly. didn't dead and do nothing. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, let's <gasps> end on that. I'm so hot and sweaty. I'm wearing silk. I'm so hot too. Oh. How good, oh, a, pre- how good a pregnancy yeah. bras though. I've just got my first oh, one. Are you still in it? Ooh. Oh, I don't have that little pocket. Oh, mine's a feeding bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's like oh, a maternity bra. Oh, babe. Is that? Yeah, it clips off. Is that for the tip? <laughs> oh, I thought that was just extra space. So the baby can feed and you don't have to take your bra off. So wait, where do I unclip it? You unclip it like that and then you just pull it under your boob. And then you just put it over oh, when you're done feeding. Like and you that? Yes. Snip slip. Cute little nipples. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I, once I had cute little nipples. <laughs> oh, they won't last long. I'll show you them oh in a few God. weeks. I can't wait to hear about your nipples. Babe, it is. <laughs> okay, okay. Finally, okay. <laughs> should we wrap this up? Yeah. Go take a cold shower. Eddie arriving in seven minutes. Oh, my God. Amazing. All right, Ash, London, love you so much. Thank you so much for joining the show. You can catch her online at Yay. Ash London on Instagram. Check her podcast out. She's fantastic. Thank True. you so much. Love you. Thank you for having me on. You're the best. Love you. <laughs> I'll get the video of him for you this afternoon. <laughs>
say, Ash was definitely hitting on BJ multiple times throughout that chat. I would never have picked her to have the hots for BJ. And I know she doesn't. I know it's just hormones. But you know how it's kind of cool when, like, someone sort of hits on your partner? Kind of like makes you feel a little bit like, mm, he my man. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Never say that again, Polly. Um, all right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Ash this week. It might have brought things up for you. Um, you know, maybe you're in a similar situation where you're not entirely content in your job and you've been thinking about taking that leap for a while. What's stopping you? Or maybe you recently did it. How was it? Was it as scary as you thought it would be? What came up for you? I find it's... Yeah, been a really common thing for quite a lot of people since COVID. And I actually saw a stat this week. I think it was like 50% of Kiwis. Hang on, let me find this. Just to back this up, I'm pretty sure more than half of Kiwi workers are considering changing their jobs in 2022, which speaks volume. Um, after the last couple of years. So, yeah, I'd love to know if you've been in a similar situation. You can check out uh, more from the PJ Podcast online, Instagram, and also Ash as well. Make sure you give her a follow, Ash underscore London. She has got a fantastic podcast, and um, she talks quite often to moms with her new mum, Hudis, feature on the podcast, just talking about incredible moms and how they're – balancing that work-life balance so that sounds like a bit of you go check out ash but otherwise i will see you next week and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already for this podcast love you hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.